Hey, On The Clock fans, you're listening to another episode with your hosts Raul Lascano and George Martinez as they square off and tackle all of today's hot topics in sports news, trends, current issues happening locally and nationally, as well as highlighting some of our local student athletes across the Sunshine State. Now, welcome your hosts, Raul Lascano and George Martinez. You're on the clock. What's going on, On The Clock fans, man? Got a great show for you, fully packed. You don't want to miss anything, man. We got Chris Oladokin from Stanford University joining the show. Super excited to talk to that young man and what's going on in NCAA College. We also have the one, the only, Taylor Scott from Trench Academy. He's going to go ahead and describe to us about training athletes today. Major stuff going on over there at Trench Academy. Uh, also, me and George, we want to talk a little football, man. Talk about what's going on in the NFL, players opting out, and exactly what's going on in the Pac-12, man. You don't want to miss it. You're on the clock. So, George, what's up, man? What's going on with you, the family? How you been, sir? Good, man. I uh, Quiet, chill weekend, you know, been packing, uh-huh. getting ready for the move here in uh, in about a month or so. Are you excited? We, we gotta, yeah, we're, we're pretty pumped about the, the, the new house and being able to move in there. So, of course, from now until then, you know, the house is a mess and boxes everywhere and <laughs> right, right. that whole that whole night. But uh, how was your weekend? It was good, man. I spent most of it, um, well, Saturday I spent most of it sleeping. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, <laughs> I spent most of it sleeping. A lot of the kids stayed up late the night before, and um, we just slept. And then today, man, or yesterday, actually, Sunday, man, I, I went to cleaning like a like a madman. My porch needed to be clean. Uh, <laughs> but it was good, man. I just relaxed, chilled out a little bit, caught up on some Netflix uh, Umbrella Academy uh, shows, season two. Uh, shout out to Will for... Uh, recommending that show to me, uh, William McDonald, man. So, yeah, it was good, man. It was a chill little weekend, man. I can't wait, man. What I mean, other than football, other than the, the NFL, and I don't know if you saw it too, man, the 10th t- player for the freaking New England Patriots dropped. He yeah, man. I mean. Number 10. You then, know what? I have a conspiracy theory for you. Oh, let's hear it. Like an X-Files? Like an X-Files? Oh, this, this, this is deep. This yeah, is go. deep. Let's do it. The Miami Dolphins are trying to sabotage the Patriots. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly That's what they're it. Doing. They're just spreading the Corona. Dolphins, <laughs> the Dolphins are paying these guys to opt out. Listen, we'll give you whatever oh, whatever you can pay. So it's what three seventy five, I think, for the year if you opt out. If if it's due to health reasons, yep. one fifty k a year. If it's not due to health reasons, you're just choosing not to play. Dolphins like, listen, we'll come over the top. We'll give you each 500 G's a piece. I mean, if you're a big name, you get 500 G's. If you're no name, you get 250. It's not far fetched. It's not far fetched. We're going to need you to sit out. Yeah. I mean, we, we got footballs deflating and we're viewing freaking sidelines with cameras from the page. I'm, this isn't. So, this, so this, this is not yeah, out of the realm Sunday. of something the Patriots would do. <laughs> yeah. No, but I. And go ahead. I, it'd I, be worse. It'd be worse if Bill Belichick called the Dolphins. And said, "I'm gonna need you to offer my guys some money. Somebody's gotta pay these guys. We're taking, we're taking for for Lawrence, baby, for yeah. Trevor Lawrence. And that's the, that's what I was gonna get to. That's what I was gonna get to. Do you really think they're gonna tank for Trevor Lawrence? All these guys. Do you think it's a health concern? You know, I know we once talked about it before. Like, you know, they're, they're tanking for tank for Trevor. I guess you would call the hashtag. I'm claiming the hashtag, <laughs> by the way. Tank for Trevor. I'm claiming that right now. I don't know, man. It's either gotta be again, because again, Bill Belichick." Doesn't play checkers. The man plays chess. We he know does. he does very well. So it's got to be for a draft pick, right? Yeah. Or Robert Kravitz is just trying to save some money on the year. 
That's true. Player salaries. Or number three, these players are sitting out because they don't like Bill Belichick. And I don't. I think that's the craziest one. I think that's the far. <laughs> I know it one. is. I think that's the far. <laughs> so, I so think, you think it I is think more likely? For the it is more likely the Dolphins are trying to sabotage the Patriots than their yes. own players saying, yes. "You know what." This Bill Belichick guy, he's not as cool as the dude as I thought he was. We're leaving. I think that's more. I think that's more believable than Belichick not being likable. That's weird. Oh man. No, oh, I mean man. honestly, man, for for ten guys and ten, and let's be honest, noticeable guys. These aren't just very noticeable. Yeah, guys. these aren't practice squad kids or what. You know, these are these are starters that have been playing for the Patriots for a while now. So for them not to want to play, man, I mean, it's got to be something. You know, it's got to be. It could be it could be the Bill Belichick thing. It could be they don't like Bill. It could be the health concerns. I just I really want to know. I mean, the I don't know. They're using COVID right now to not play, so I, I, that's what they're doing. But pick wise for Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I, I never seen Bill go up that high in a draft ever. But then again, we're treading new he's waters because he's never he's had, never had, had a great Tom quarter. Brady. Yeah, he's never been without Tommy. <laughs> so without Tommy, boy, you got to start doing desperate measures. Uh, desperate times, <laughs> maybe he is tanking on purpose. Um, he doesn't want to say it, but I don't know, man. And I feel bad for Cam Newton. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cam's Talk about going from a from a, to, to a bad situation. Yeah, man. You're supposed to be going from no shit running back to to no running back, no weapons, ten starters on def or not all ten, but significant starters on defense have now opted out. That that really held together the defense. And like I told you before, if the McCordy twins go ahead and that's it, they call it. Then yes, they're tanking for Trevor. <laughs> tanking, they're absolutely tanking. He's gone. Yeah, because it's, either that or, or the Dolphins have some really good uh, uh, under undercover people. Maybe making some really good bets. I really don't think we're that scary. The word you opt out for a season, <laughs> but whatever. I don't think anybody's really worried. Now about here's them. here's a question that I don't know the answer to. And if if fans, if you know the question, the answer to this question, hit us up on social media on the Clock Radio. If let's say the let's say the Patriots going to run. And they, they come out 11-0. Can these guys that opted out opt back in? Oh, oh that's a I don't good know. question. Because I don't know because today in baseball, we had uh, Giannis Sepedes, outfielder for the Mets, go home. Really? He opted out. Right there. He opted out, left the hotel room. They had a game today. Left the hotel room, got on the plane and left. Now... <laughs> The Mets are not doing well. Right. So he's probably thinking, we don't have a chance to yeah. win the World Series this year. I'm going to go home. Yeah, why? Why? why and he cited COVID concerns. Do you think that Marlins situation was the contributor to it? That's potentially. Yeah. Right, the Marlins situation, the Phillies, that little situation that they had about, you know, the Marlins had 12 guys total, right. 12 to 14 guys test positive. So can you – so but let's say, let's say the Mets – Start going a hot streak and make the playoffs as a two seed. Wow. Can you opt back in from opting out? Like, can can Dante Hightower, that's sitting out for the Patriots, all of a sudden now the Patriots are in contention? Right. Can he come back? That's can a, Sony Michelle come back? Yo, that's actually a really good question, man. Because I don't know. Because isn't opting out like you know? Okay, he's injured type stuff. Like, isn't this mirroring the same? I don't know. Where, where, where do you put? What list do you get put on? It's not injured reserved. No, it's not. It's not the physically unable to perform list because you're not physically unable to perform. You are able. You're choosing not to. Right. I don't know. That's I a great know. question, man. That's a, if anybody knows that answer, hit us up. Hit us up. Yeah, us I, up. I really want to know the clock, about that. 
on the clock radio on IG and Twitter. You yeah. can send us an email on the clock 20 gmail.com. Uh, you can visit our Facebook page on the clock radio and let us know because what the, the answer to that is. The NFL guys have, have advocates to, to, you know, voice their concerns. You know what I mean? Now going to, from NFL to college, you know, the PAC 12, uh, the players sent a list of demands and these kids now these kids don't have anybody to advocate for them. Nobody. They have no voice whatsoever and almost kind of no control or say they're just got to do whatever the conference, you know, whatever the college football wants them to do. So they don't really have a voice like the NFL does. They have the NFL players association. They're able to, you know, you know, talk about rules and, you know, player safety and they can up channel this, you know, but when you talk about college, those kids don't have it. So the PAC 12, if you guys don't know, if you're listening in, Pac-12 players send in a list of demands, all different types, you know, stemming from, you know, likeness, getting paid for stuff like that, COVID concerns, um, and, and some social little, injustice. Social injustice. There's a lot of list of demands that they really want to be to be met. Uh, some players agree with it. Some are on board. Some don't. Some players are not on board. Some players say, well, some of them are far-fetched. Um, but they all agreed that college football needs to do something with COVID. That's what they really agree about. They, they agree that something needs to be done. And, I, and I'm, this is weird because, and again, this is going to be a great chance for, for Oladoke, Chris Oladokun, who's coming on here now, to talk to us about what some of the stuff is going on. We're going to see. I mean, do they not have protocols? Do, do you, have you heard anything like that or read anything? I haven't seen anything. No, there's nothing really that's come out formally and officially. Each conference kind of whispered a little bit about what they're thinking about potentially doing, right? But yeah. it's all been hypothetical and nothing really concrete. The one thing that I think will come out of this, because I think a lot of good things will come out of this. This may be the beginning of a college players union. Uh, they need one. This, they this may one. be starts because you always need someone to be that pioneer to step out into the forefront, to do something that goes against the grain. And here it is. You got what? I think it was like twelve, maybe fourteen players yep. from the Pac-12 on this list. Notable guys, yeah, notable, notable, notable guys. guys. Also, so you had you know a couple quarterback starters. You had some defensive guys that they were on this list. Some receivers are on this list. Some linemen. So yep. a little bit of a little bit of everything there that was kind of representing the greater good, which is what a players' union is. Right. Right. This this has the making of maybe the Pac-12 has their own players union, the SEC develops their own players union, the ACC develops their own players union, and so on and so on. This may be where that comes from, and I think it's great. I think there needs to be a a, a college players union. They're going to get paid for the likeness. Uh, if if they're going to address some of these COVID concerns, it needs to come from the players. It needs to happen. I mean, I, you, these guys these guys are athletes as well, you know, and and. I know they're there for school. That's what they're mainly there for, to, to go to school, get education, graduate, uh, you know, finish a degree. But your college is still getting paid off the backs of these of these young men who are putting in the time. They're, they're doing double duty with school and sports. Um, yeah, there needs to be something for them. And, again, I'm going to do more research, and, and we'll probably bring it up on um, this Thursday's podcast. But we're going to bring it up and, and really talk about, you know, do they have any COVID um, – protocols because I, I really haven't heard anything i really haven't heard how many of their times are getting tested i don't know what the protocol is for during games and again i haven't heard what nfl is going to do either you know what i'm saying i think football is one of those sports where it's going to be extremely hard to try to do this COVID thing we've been talking about this for months baseball if baseball and the marlins and the phillies had a problem and this is supposed to be the most social distancing sport <laughs> that you can get to 
if they're having troubles, man, I wonder what an NFL sideline, NFL team are going to go. And again, it's just not the roster. Listeners, listen up now. It's just not the roster that you have to worry about. There's equipment managers. There's people in the booth. There's people that take care of, you know, getting the equipment together, your jerseys, your helmets, all kinds of stuff. Doctors, trainers. It's a lot of people, man. And then the people in the, that coordinate the logistics side of you going from hotel, from airport to hotel, hotel to restaurant or training facility. It's a lot. It's not It's not a, a little bit, man. So I'm interested to see how this goes. Yeah. And I mean, today we had Doug Peterson, the head coach for the Eagles, mm-hmm. tested positive for COVID. Yeah. What do you do if that's in season? You're going to tell the head coach of an NFL team he can't be there? For two weeks. For two weeks? For two weeks. And a lot, wow. think, think about the what's the what's the average age for NFL coaches now, right? It's like 37 up, there. up. They're up there. Right. Like, think about Andy Reid. Yeah. Andy Reid, and, and it's against COVID, goes to... You think know, about Wade Phillips. Exactly. He's even older. That's what I'm saying. Like, these guys are going to... You're going to tell them, hey, for two weeks, you got to, you know, they're going to do Zoom meetings. They're going to be at their at the... Well, that's oh. what, you know what? This will probably be the Zoom meetings. Think about think about game days. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're gonna what are they gonna be on a screen and somebody's holding <laughs> holding the screen as they go by <laughs> instead of the get back coach. He's just, uh, so have you hey, have you ever watched? You. Have you ever watched the uh, the Big Bang Theory? Yeah, of course. Yeah, the show. Yeah. Okay, so there's a there's an episode where Sheldon uh, has his own little robot. It's a TV screen attached with a little robot body that is wheeling up and down. <laughs> the, the the little uh, apartment they have right and that's what I, that's what I envisioned Andy Reid's on a screen <laughs> going up and down like a robotic body is going up and down for him but it's yeah. his face the entire time that's what it might happen I don't know so here's 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 what I asked you then I'm gonna put you on the clock here should we have an NFL season oh man it, you you know <laughs> you know what I'm gonna tell you man I know I don't I don't think there should be one man. It's just too much. It's too complex. And I'm a guy that loves football, man. I'm a coach. I freaking live and breathe this stuff, man. I love it. Coaching youth football, high school, double duty. I I love it that much. And I can only do it for so long, you know, because I'm young enough right now. But, bro, no. No, because if I'm those guys... And I'm getting paid millions. Of, and, and again, this is how serious the COVID is. You know what I'm saying? I know there's some people that don't think it's real. Some think it's, it's you know, it's fake. It's it's government ran conspiracy. You can say whatever you want. When a man that opts out of $20 million to right. play a football game decides not to play, it's pretty serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because me and you talked about, man, if I won the lottery, there's nothing I wouldn't do if I won the lottery. If I did this, <laughs> if I did that, right? $20 million to play a, a would kids you, game? Would you... Would you give a high five to someone with COVID for a million bucks? Yes. I give him a fuck. I, I, I almost made a cuss. You almost made a cuss, man. I would, give him a, I would give him a freaking hug, man. I would give him a hug. No mask on. I'm good. I know my immune system can handle it. Yeah, man. I'm doing it for a million dollars? Yeah. I'm giving a huge hug to, to do COVID. I don't care. A big, big teddy bear hug. Right, big teddy bear. But I do understand their concerns because there is some long-lasting right. effects to it, man. And... It's just, I don't know if you have one because it's too much. It's too many people involved in the in the aspect of traveling. Think think about it as Little League, right? Let's let's go Little League football, which I know a lot of people hearing this is going to be pissed. Think about Little League. There's anywhere between two to 300 people at a youth football game here in Tampa, Scottway. Minimum. 
Minimum. That's minimum. That's not even if it's a big game. Yeah. If it's if a big it, game, you're drawing close to 1,000. So now here, here's the other part to this. There's leagues that have shut down in Tampa. Mm-hmm. There's only one league or two now, but there's going to be one league eventually that plays. So you have four leagues that have shut down in this Tampa Bay area. Where are they going to go for that one? They're going to be right. Is a youth game. Now you just tripled and doubled it. How do you control that crowd and then tell people, okay, we're, you know, don't worry, you're not going to get COVID. You can't. I don't care how many masks you wear. You can't do it. Think about the now, travel. Now, do you think, let's say a vaccine appears right. in September. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you then play sports? I think you wait a month to make sure that vaccine doesn't turn into a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> you wait for the trial basis. I don't know what you tried it on. You know Are you saying? taking it first? If I'm taking about fifth. I'm fifth or sixth. I'm going to hold out to that seventh person. Like, oh, I want to make sure these six people in front of me were good. You know, they're not eating brains or nothing. Okay, then cool. They're tap yeah, me yeah, in. I'm good to a go. Mo- a, a million bucks for for, for the for a, a bear hug yep. COVID guy. Yep, yep. But for the vaccine, we're going to wait a little bit. I'm going to wait a little bit. I don't want to be turned into a zombie just yet. I've, I've watched The Walking Dead. Uh, but no, other than that, man. We'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll continue to monitor it, and we'll, we'll let you guys know. Hey, uh, On The Clock fans, don't go anywhere. Our special friend, I mean, when I tell you a great young man, you don't want to miss the show, uh, especially just talk to him. We have Chris Oladokun from Stanford University joining us. Don't go anywhere. You're on the clock. All right, On The Clock fans, if you're ever in the Lutz area looking for somewhere to go, grab a bite to eat, sit down with the family, make sure you visit our friends over at Panini's Bar and Grill. They're located at 3973 Van Dyke Road in Lutz, Florida. They're the home of the overstuffed sandwich. They got options, turkey, cheesesteak, salami, roast beef, corned beef. You're not going to want to miss it again. Visit our website, paninisgrill.com. You're on the clock. All right, On The Clock facts. Next up, we have Chris Olodokin from Sanford Football. Chris, how you doing, sir? Welcome to the show. Good. Appreciate you, Coach. Appreciate you, Coach Raul. Appreciate y'all for having me on. Man, we appreciate you for coming on, man. This is going to be great, man. I can't wait to talk to you, bro. How you been, man? I've been good, you know, just trying to to stay safe, trying to stay healthy and all this, you know. All this craziness of 2020, how have y'all been? I'm I'm making it. You're you're a little bit better situation than I am. I got four kids. So when you for quarantine four children in a house that each one have a different personality, you really get to see who's going to grow up to be best friends and who's going to be the enemies. <laughs> <laughs> and all my kids love being outside, man. So it's, it's been good. It's been a blessing, but uh, we're all safe, man. We're good. Yeah, for me, my son just had his, uh, he just turned two on 7-Eleven. So he just had a little birthday. And, and, you know, for him, luckily enough, he's only two, so he doesn't remember. 2020 yeah. birthday too because nobody was here <laughs> nothing occurred uh so you know for that you kind of feel bad for him but again it's 2020 you want to keep everybody safe with that so but yeah i mean we quarantined the kids for almost two weeks because they shut down the school and keeping a two-year-old and a four-year-old at the house is not it's not, it's not, it's not an easy. easy thing to do so luckily they're back at school now school's back open so we've been able to take them back but Chris, man, I'm glad I'm glad you decided to join the show. Well, first off, how's how's pops? Pops is good, you know. Fam's doing all good, you know. My brother, obviously, he was on your show. He just committed to Iowa, so um, you know, just getting him ready for that. Hopefully, he can play this year. Yeah. You know, hopefully, hopefully, I get to play this year. So, so that's really what we've just been doing, just hanging out. Yeah, man. So I'm gonna tell a quick story here about me and Chris Oladokun, man. So he was nine years old. Oh boy. Okay. And I'm working for Hillsborough County Parks and Recs, and they need a coach for a flag football team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the buddy pulls me aside, hey, this team is loaded with kids. 
It'll be all you gotta do is show up. Let them call their own place. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just need you on the sideline. We just need an adult all to right. make sure they can get in the gate and they get out. That's the it. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. So little do I know, I walk up to this team. I, you know, Coach Martin, you know, George, here I am, you know, where to coach this team. And I got Chris Ladokin, I got Rarry McLeod, I got Bentley Sanders. All this is a four and four. Bro. So three of my four kids already. Right. Sorry. <laughs> it's sick. Yeah. So put it this way. When when the guy told me I didn't have to call a play, he's absolutely right. Chris is out there nine years old, mm. directing traffic. He's got hand signals for for, for option routes yeah. for these kids, and they're playing by themselves. Right. I'm literally just a coach on the sideline holding a clipboard. You, you're and a saying, team. Great you're, job, guys. You're not the team dad. You're a team mom. You're just a team mom. Yeah. You brought the <laughs> snacks for all of them. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Right. I remember this. It almost wasn't fun because we really just went out there and like I don't what we didn't lose that year so didn't lose a single game. It, it so. almost wasn't fun. <laughs> yeah. So we, we go out there right. I call a timeout. I go in the huddle and you know I'm asking okay so what do you guys want to run because you know I'm just I just call a timeout to get you guys some water. I felt like the other team needed it. <laughs> so <laughs> what do you guys want to run? And you know Chris Chris in the huddle coach listen let's throw double pass to Ray Ray. I'm gonna go out the back door. Ready? Throw me the ball. We're gonna score. All right, guys. Chris, uh, Chris called the play. All one on one. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And then anyway, it happened. It just scored touchdown to heaven. So that's, that's how I got introduced to Chris and and watching him kind of play and all. And then I met his pops right after that. Mm-hmm. You know, pops comes out to me afterwards. Oh man, you're a good coach. You know, you know, kids have so much fun. I'm thinking I didn't do anything. Chris did it all. But uh, for sure, thank I you, can, thank I, you. Yeah, showed him all I knew in thirty I'm, seconds. Right? Can you imagine how we lost the game? Oh, you would have been. You'd have been. Oh, I would have been. That's it. Well, you'd, you'd have career would have ended at one game. Yeah, you're not allowed back in Tampa. You're not allowed back <laughs> yeah, to come back. That's it. But were you just going to blame the game on a nine-year-old quarterback? No, you can't. <laughs> that's a great. You that's you a great point. You know what? There's, there's a lot of youth coaches that do it now. There's a lot of those guys now. Well, that kid didn't call what I wanted him to call. You know, there's a lot of those now. But no, nah, George would have kept it. No, you you, you would have taken down the chin. No, that's on me. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that would have been it. Just like, hey, won the game. That's on them. They won the game. Right. I just I held, held the clipboard. Yeah, that's, that's all I did. That's coaching 101. They win, we lose. They, they don't lose. You know, it's us. That's every single time. Yeah. So, met his dad, and then, you know, he's, he's telling, hey, we can use some help, you know, out with the Titan Country Packers, having to work right on site for Hillsborough County Parks and Rec. Sure. <laughs> Come out there. And then, and then, if he was good in flag football, imagine that kid in pads. Yeah. He's out there running around. Like, that whole group of kids they had. How, how many years was it, Chris? Was it like five, six years in a row? Five years. Five years we lost one game. That's nasty. And that's against – they were getting calls from everyone to play. And they pick yeah. up the phone and say, where, where, wherever you want to play. St. Pete teams would call us because, you know, St. Pete thinks, like, they were the best in Little League. So they would call us and be like, like, do you guys want to play? And, like, are y'all sure? Like, listen, yeah. like – You signed up for a bubble and Yeah. Me and, me and a couple of my boys were talking about, it, like, last week – you know, before the game, you see like like two hours before the game, you'd see these other teams like rallying up the, their whole team, like going through plays for two straight hours before the game. You see us, we're like on the sideline of like the super midget or peewee game before, like we're running around, like just chilling, like eating chicken wings. But like when like we cross, like when we like cross that gate, like we knew, like we knew what time it was. And I mean, we were we were pretty confident every game we played, we weren't going to lose. So. That's, That's right. You're walking home with that. So you're out here, right? Draw, you're trying to get these kids ready for a butt whooping. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's not about 
are you going to lose? How much are you going to lose by that day? That's, that's, <laughs> like, how much? That, how much do you want us to stop to keep the bleeding? It, well, how much trying, do you want to hurt? keep it under forty? Yeah, you're trying course. to keep it under forty. It's all you can do. Yeah. But th- these guys are doing one play drives. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. It, like, it, 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 like he, when he says it got to the point that it wasn't fun, they were beating people so bad they were done playing by second quarter. You remember the Town and Country Vikings game? Yes. We, we, we were up. I think we're up 56-0 at halftime. Oh, my God. They were, at the half. They do, they do a squib kick. Somehow, I think, like, our middle guy caught it, pitched it back to Ray Ray. He ended up returning it for a touchdown. So now it's like, you know, 60-something to zero. And I remember we kicked it back off to them. They fumbled, we recovered, and they just walked off. We were all <laughs> Like, there's 11 minutes in the third quarter. We're all like. What's going on? Like, did they seriously just walk off the field? <laughs> I've had that done to me, and not to interrupt. I'm not trying to one-up you. I've had that done, same thing. It is one of the worst feelings to see a team leave. I won't I, I won't tell you who the team was because <laughs> I'm going to get, like, 45 different inbox messages saying that's messed up, bro. But it was it was my 2016 team. We were beating a team, and by the, by the fourth quarter, I think the start of the fourth quarter, because it's only eight minutes in Pee Wee, but freaking yeah. the fourth quarter, they were like, no mas, and they just walked off the field. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, and it, and we didn't, we weren't, we were not up by sixty. I mean, we yeah. we we were up, you know, we were up, you know, it was twenty eight zero or thirty zero, yeah. but we weren't up by that much. I pulled, I mean, I put the brakes on. We just we gave the ball to linemen. We're just trying to get out of here, have some fun. They walk, that's a horrible feeling to see somebody walk off, and you know what I'm saying you're like, bro, it's youth league, and then they come tell you, well, you didn't have to score that much. Uh, we had practice. I don't know what y'all did that week. <laughs> <laughs> we had practice. We practiced. This is what we did. I don't know what you guys did all week. You know what I mean? And that philosophy too. I think that's why so many teams hated us because we wouldn't we wouldn't stop. Like we would have our starters until like halfway through the fourth quarter, and then we'd be like, "All right, now like let's get everyone else in." Like we were handing like our left tackle off the ball. All of a sudden, we realize he's actually fast. He breaks and scores. <laughs> like, are you guys like just trying to run up the score? Like. That's our starting left tackle. We didn't know he could play running back. Too. Yeah, we didn't know he had a stiff arm and a spin move, and he jumped over three yeah. people. Yeah. I was going to ask you, man, with you being in college, no, man. No, so I was going to the same question. Oh, good, good. I was going to just say, man, is it funny being back or, or what, man? How does it how does it feel being back up there? You know, uh, I, I was used to being there so much, and then I literally came down for spring break. I had, you know, one duffel bag with me, and that was it. And I pretty much lived off that one duffel bag for, you know, three months until I went back and got my stuff. So, you know, it's definitely uh definitely a good feeling to be back. You know, I was getting I was getting too I almost felt like I was back at USF for a little bit. Like I'm just been chilling at the house in Tampa, you know, just hanging out. But you know, it's uh to be back in Birmingham, finish up my last year. Uh, you know, I'm excited for it. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. And I can't wait to watch you, man. I know you. I know college is getting paid for likeness now. So me and George were talking about. Well, I guess we gotta. We're gonna go to the stores and just <laughs> buy as many jerseys as we can here and <laughs> help support the kid. Well, I wish. I wish that was happening for my class. You know, I guess. I, I guess I was born at the wrong time. My brother's. Uh, my brother's class is gonna be the first class that gets that. Oh, was lucky. That's, yeah, he is, man. I, that would have been. Oh, I would have been trying to do everything. You know, put my face on whatever. <laughs> That's what we were saying. Like, we got to buy Shirts, Jordans. Hats, we got to buy all kinds all of, of stuff. It. He's got to come up with a logo. Random stuff. I would have been, like, on toilet paper tissue. Like, I would have been on, like, anyone. <laughs> Especially being in college, too. Like, come on. like, But, bro, that's, such a, that's so smart to say toilet paper because with the pandemic, that was the first thing that went was toilet paper. Yeah, toilet paper, 
prospects, I would have been. Oh, I, I might have. I probably wouldn't have even played my senior season because I would have just had so much money. I would have held out. Keep on my stuff though, as you can find yeah. it on Amazon, find it here, find it there. <laughs> could you imagine on interviews? Hey, so how'd the game go? It went really good, but make sure you can follow me on. <laughs> Get my toilet paper at uh, right. CBS. <laughs> Even better would have been to send the toilet paper to your opponent after a butt whooping, or just hand it to, to him. Right, hand it to him right to the fifty yard line. Hand it to him. <laughs> hand it to him. Appreciate it. There you go. That would have been great. Man. Oh man! So, so as you get ready here for your last year, your senior campaign over at Sanford, how are you feeling about the season? How are you feeling about Sanford in, as we get ready to to play ball? Hopefully here soon. You no, know, I'm feeling really good. Um, you know, this uh, off season really worked really hard. You know, before of course the whole pandemic thing. Um, I think this was the hardest, um, you know, the hardest working group of teammates I've had, you know, in my going on fifth year in college. You know, we were really clicking on all cylinders. Uh, not only were we working hard in the weight room and, you know, off the field and stuff, but I think most importantly this season, we didn't want to repeat the same thing as last season. So we were holding each other accountable. If guys were missing things, you know, not taking, you know, academics or anything seriously and not showing up to, you know, things that we were doing um you know, just getting extra routes and stuff. We were holding each other accountable, which I think made us that better. So, you know, I'm ready to get back, hopefully get back in action with, with the guys and, you know, continue to build on what we were what we were building before, you know, this whole pandemic started. Yeah, because this whole thing sucks, man. I ain't going to lie to you. This whole is a bad rap, man. I hope, I hope everything works out where we have a season and we can actually play and get back to some sort of – I don't know, some sort of normal, you know what I mean? Uh, because for, just like high school has been, it's been rough for them kids as well, man. So I hope we can f- hopefully finish 2020 strong and give some kind of hope for 2021 because I was clowning with George the other day and I was like, bro, could you imagine on New Year's Eve, like 2020 and it's about to be 2021 and all of a sudden you heard round two. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. 2020 overtime. Right, man. Oh, I'm like, Jesus, no, please. Because I, I got to watch you play, man. I, George, I've seen the huddle highlights. I've seen the throws. I'm like, God, I, I got to catch these games. Because me and, just so you know, everybody we've been interviewing, we're like, yo, let's go ahead and just order the package. <laughs> just order the package. And we're going to just, our Saturdays will be just completely filled with everybody we're going to watch and just watch one half, one quarter, two quarter. We, something we got to go ahead and look at, man. So I can't wait to see you get back to throwing, man. And I love what you talked about, about holding teammates accountable. That's what it's all about, man. Making sure everybody's still doing what they're supposed to be doing. Because, you know, as you know, high school, you try to get the kids to, all right, fellas, let's uh, let's make sure we're here for 7 a.m. workouts because they don't know what college is like. College, you got 5 a.m. workouts. They don't really know what three days are like down here. So that's great that you guys are doing that, man. Yeah, no, and it's even, it's even been more of a challenge to, you know, still do that over Zoom. You know, it's a lot different when you're in person. You know, you can sort of control some of those things. But, you know, you're we're on Zoom meetings, and, you know, we're – I'm uh, pretty much our offensive captain, so I'm calling. I'm calling guys on our team, whether it's first string, second string, uh, you know, eighth string. I'm calling dudes, just checking in, make sure they're good, making sure they're doing what they gotta do. Because you know, I know I've been down here working, and I trust all those guys that they've been working wherever they, wherever they're staying at too. So, you know, it's been it's been a challenge, but you know, now that we're about to get back into it real soon, you know, hopefully, um. We just keep on building. One question I have for you now. So recently I was reading an article that came out about you being a sleeper going mm-hmm. to the draft. Just the fact that you're reading that alone, Crystal Ladokin NFL draft. What is that? What goes through your mind as you as you read something? That's that's for me, as as someone that's watched you grow up, that's surreal for me. It's like, God damn, 
I know a kid, <laughs> right? You as being that person that's going through it, tell, walk me through says, your, your thoughts and, and how that made you feel as far as emotions. You know, it's definitely, um, it's definitely surreal, but at the same time, you know, it just makes me want to work harder just because, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not the only kid, you know, trying to make, go into the draft. You know, there's 50 other states and, uh, you know, kids are working just as hard as me, if not harder. So, you know, when you see things like that, you know, you take it, I sort of take it with a grain of salt, you know, it's, it's surreal and it's, you know, a dream of mine that I'm slowly getting closer to but at the same time. Like, you know, I've been, I've been working so like, this is the hardest I've worked in my life this summer, you know, just perfecting everything from, you know, weightlifting, putting on, you know, like 10 pounds this off season to, you know, perfecting just uh, some mechanics in my throwing and footwork and, you know, studying film, drawing plays out over and over and over just to get those mental reps since we didn't get those reps in spring and haven't been there all summer. So, you know, it really just, you know, motivated me even more to, you know, yeah, they're saying I'm a sleeper now, but I want to be mentioned in those top guys at the end of the day. So, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm working for. And that's the motivation. That's, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Now talk to me a little bit about now, you know, you're going to your, your, your last year in, in college. What is some advice that you would give just even your brother? You know, he's about to go into the, the university ranks and, and going to play college ball. What is some advice that you would give some of these youngsters that are about to make that leap from high school to college? Um, what I always tell my brother is enjoy it. You know, when you're in high school, you see, you see all the college guys they are on TV. They're playing big time ball. You know, they're getting, they're getting, um, you know, stipends and money and stuff, money that you've never had in your life as a high school kid. But you're asking your mom and dad for money all the time. Now you got, you know, a couple thousand dollars in your pocket in your bank account, and now you've got some money to play with and buy things. You know, Friday lights, you're getting to play in front of your students, like in front of your classmates, your, you know, your teachers, faculty, and everything. So, I mean, I don't – I always tell them just don't rush it. Don't don't try to rush and act older than you are because, you know, Coach George knows my brother. You know, that's how he is. And I was, I was like that too early on for sure. But, you know, now, of course, being older and going through it, um, just, you know, take, take your time. You know, it'll, it'll come – but, you know, definitely just enjoy enjoy the moment and enjoy being in high school because, you know, you get to college and you sort of got to gotta grow up and start, <laughs> right. start to get the real world a little bit. So. <laughs> right, right. And, and that's good advice, man. That's real good. I, listen, man, I, I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to be mentioned in those, in those top names, man. You know what I mean? I have no doubt. The work ethic's there. They're getting a dog. I, I mean, it's going to be, it's gonna be uh, lights out here in a little bit. And I know George... George is going to find it, just so you know, Chris, he's going to sneak his way into the house just so he can be there on draft night. <laughs> he's already talking about ways to get into the windows, just so you know. Yeah, he, he knows he has an invite, of course, you know, everyone. You okay, know, so no I'll, be, I'll be the one sneaking in through the <laughs> <laughs> Of course, you know, I always, I, I always never forget about, you know, all the coaches that have coached you know, along the way. So I've had, I was, I was fortunate to have, you know, pretty much the same coaches for a, a while you know, not only in football, but in baseball and basketball too. So, you know, I was, all those coaches, you know, whether they know it or not, they sort of shaped me to, you know, the athlete and person I am today. So, you know, I never, I never forget about those people. That's what's up, man. If I could just take a, a piece of the heart to, to duplicate it, to put it in some of the, some of the athletes today, man, man, we'd have a different breed. We'd have a different <laughs> breed right now. Is college different with the, with all the stuff that's going on with COVID? They're testing you guys more often, or you guys haven't had any word or any time for that stuff, right? 
Yeah, so we're sort of, you know, it's such a fluid situation. Mm-hmm. And I think they're really, at least with our conference, because there's been a couple FCS conferences that have already came out and said that they're canceling, um, you know, fall sports. Right. But I think our conference is sort of, you know, trying to wait until, you know, the very last possible second to, you know, make that decision. I know they've been meeting. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not in those meetings. But I think the as long as the player safety and health of the players is a first priority in these conversations, and, you know, I, I have no problem with playing. Obviously, I want to play. But at the same time, you know, I don't want it to be a situation where, you know, we're having five to ten dudes you know, get COVID every game or at practice and stuff and risking the health of not only like our team and family and friends, but you know, other teams too. So, I mean, we'll see. I don't, I don't know how many times we're going to get tested yet. I don't know what that whole thing looks like. And so we're just trying to control what I can control. Like I would imagine it'd be a lot. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people on a sideline, you know what I mean? Just not the players and the coaches. Like it's a lot of extra people that, that help the, the college uh, achieve their goals. So it's like, you got to worry about the trainers. You got to worry about the equipment people. You got to worry about the communications guys. I mean, you got to worry about the guys in the booth. I mean, that's some things that we've talked here on the on previous podcasts. It's like, man, it's it's just not the fifty three man roster. It's like it's other. It's like another forty five people on the sideline yeah. to help you come through the tunnel. Who set up the field? Who all that stuff? Yeah, it's, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward. To, I hope I hope it comes down, man. I hope you get to play and. Hope everybody gets to play, and we get to see some some awesome throws uh, uh, from you, man. So it's going to be great, man. Hopefully. All right, so th- on this next part of, of the show, we like to do a little a little game that's called This or That with the kids. Don't worry, man. This and that is just a little – it's a spark, It's a part of the section of the show, man. We like to we like to do, have a little fun with you, and then it lets the other people get to know you a little bit better. And, again, these questions you don't know – it's unscripted, man. So <laughs> I know you heard your brother's podcast, and he he was he was a trip when he was talking, man. He was a good dude, man. But it, it won't it won't kill you. <laughs> My brother's a weirdo. <laughs> he is. He is for sure. That's the one thing we learned about him. All right. So I'm gonna start off real real easy for you. Hopefully, yeah. it should be easy for you. DC or Marvel? I I'd go with I'd go with Marvel just because you know I'm sort of more familiar with those movies than DC. So I'd, I'd go at Marvel for sure. Well, that and DC can't get it right. Like DC can't. We only like the, yeah. when you have when you know what I'm saying only one of the franchise movies becomes good. <laughs> like I don't even remember the last DC movie that was I really like that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the easy one. Easy one to get it off. So, all right. This next one though, let me put you in a spot. If you can have dinner with any athlete, any coach ever, living, dead, who would it be? That, is, that was a tough one. There's so many. If I had to pick one, I'd probably say I'd probably say Tom Brady, just because I sort of grew up, you know, idolizing him from a from a quarterback perspective, and you know, just to be able to pick his brain and, you know, obviously he's in Tampa now, so hopefully one day he invites me over. You know, he <laughs> he called me the other day, but I was busy. Yeah, you were busy. You, yeah. you were packing to get a stamp to, to to go back to Stanford. Yeah, I, you know, I had some other things. But yeah, no, definitely Tom Brady. Just to be able to pick his brain seems like a cool dude and someone that I've, you know, always idolized. So. All right, this next one here. When you brush your teeth in the morning, mm-hmm. do you wet the toothbrush before or after you put on the toothpaste? After. I just feel like people that wet their toothbrush before are weirdos. Because, I mean, cause then your toothbrush. So you have, so think about it. You have a wet toothbrush with dry toothpaste on top. 
and then you just instantly start brushing your teeth. I feel like there needs to be, I feel like the toothpaste needs to add, like be added like to some water for some more, like, you know, it just makes it more like, you know, I mean, I just feel like it's clean. <laughs> I like, agree I with like, you. That's the way I do it. I feel like I'd be brushing like just raw toothpaste on my teeth. Like it's <laughs> gelling together with the water. Just have, I just have toothpaste like all over my mouth. That's funny, man. That's funny. <laughs> All right, this next one here is cereal a soup? No, I've never heard of that one before. No, nah, I don't. You saw his face. What are these guys into? Nah, I wouldn't say cereal's a soup. In my Why? opinion, it's like a snack, but it's not because soup has like so soup is like a broth with, and then you can add extra, you know, things into it, whether it be you know protein, vegetables, or anything. Yeah, cereal, it's, it's, like, it's liquid. It's just, it's just food and liquid. Cereal, you don't got no choice though. It, I mean, you, you're gonna pull a bowl, bowl of cereal, and you'll just have what either milk or cereal in it. But with with soup, you're not just gonna have veggies in a bowl and then say that's soup. Well, so it makes a good point. It makes a good point. Okay, that's we'll probably stop asking that one. Then. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best one I've heard so far, man. I appreciate you joining this and that, man. You can get with this, or you can get with that. You can get with this, or you can get with now, now I know recently your dad opened up uh, his own little shop, his own little restaurant there. Oh. So, can, tell people where he's located. Where can they go find him? And, and what's your favorite menu item that's on the uh, on the on the menu? So he uh, just recently opened up a sandwich shop called Lenny's uh, Grill and Subs, and it's so you know I sort of go off what's around it, but I have the address too. But so it's out by the USF. Uh, I have the exact address. It's actually eight two two five. Park Edge Drive in obviously Tampa, Florida. So um yeah, I definitely, you know, check it out. My favorite menu item, you know, they have a whole bunch of like different cheesesteaks on there. So, you know, Phillies, uh I've had the Philly and the Buffalo chicken cheesesteak. And the Buffalo chicken cheesesteak is my favorite just because I love buffalo sauce. So it's funny, I went there, took myself and my my uh, second oldest son, twelve year old son, went there mm-hmm. and we both ordered the same sandwich. We both ordered. I didn't tell your dad that, you know, I, I interviewed Jordan and I, and I knew you. I didn't say nothing. I just ordered my food and, and dipped. And I was gone. And I, I, my son, my son, he's like, it's a good sandwich. I was like, yeah, I can't finish it. Like, it's it's massive. Oh, did you get the monster one? Yeah. Like, it's like it's like 15 inches or something like that? Yeah, it was because I was like, well, I'm not buying you a sandwich. We'll just share sandwiches. That's how cheap the dad is. Like, I'm going to we'll, we'll, you can have your own soda, but. We're gonna share the same sandwich. That's I don't. Want, I don't want to think I'm making a sandwich. That's all. I, I don't want to think I was trying to get a, a free sandwich or something. So I just so let me put my money towards it, man. So Chris, let everybody know where they can find you. They want to find you and follow you throughout your journey here. Where can they find you on on social media? So on Instagram, my uh, my name is Chris underscore Oladokun O L A D O K U N. I know I probably have the most difficult last name to spell for people. Yeah, man, Chris. Thank you for joining the show, man. Appreciate you so much. Go ahead and ball out at Sanford. Can't wait to watch you ball out this year. All right, guys, so that's Chris Oladokun. Next up on, on the clock, we have Taylor Scott from the Trench Academy joins the show. You're not going to miss it. You're on the clock. Hey, On the Clock fans, you can check us out on all social media platforms by searching On the Clock Radio. You don't want to miss it, especially go to our website, otcsportstalk.com. We have merch up there in the store. You can order whatever you want. We got everything for the kiddos. We got everything for the husband. We got everything for wives as well. Go ahead and follow us. Hit like, leave comments, rate all that we want. We know you're going to love it. You're on the clock. 
All right, so up next on On The Clock Radio, we have a special guest coming on. We have Taylor Scott from The Trench Academy joins the show. Taylor, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? Hey, man, we're doing good, man. We, we're making it. We're healthy. At least my, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm not as fit as you are. I saw the pictures, but I'm doing I'm – making, <laughs> <laughs> I'm making it, bro. How are you and your family, man? Everybody okay with this COVID and the pandemic? Everyone's good, man. Everyone's good. You know, I've got myself and my wife, and then I have three little boys. I've got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a two-year-old. So uh, they're all they're all trucking along, doing well. And, you know, I think more importantly, they're ready to get back to playing their sports too. Oh, absolutely. And you said you have a five-year-old, three-year-old, and two-year-old? Yeah, all boys. Oh, then you, you had no choice but to be a trainer. You have to stay fit and <laughs> chase, chase after right. them every day. You know what I mean? Yeah, Training, training never stops for me, man. Yeah, I, I spent 15 years in the military, man. I got three boys and a little girl, and my three boys are now they're they're big now, 19, 12, and nine. And what I do with my boys is freaking play uh, Nerf football and Nerf. Uh, we play, play Nerf guns in the dark. <laughs> Their mother hates it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I yeah. have no other choice, mom. Like they're boys. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I'm in a house. What do you want me to do? So I taught my boys how to clear yeah, rooms. We clear the freaking rooms now. And we go from room to yeah. room, and she hates it because we pop on her. I got yeah. MVG goggles and everything, man. It's, it's insane. <laughs> That's awesome. So I want to I dive into the Trench Academy. I, I want you to talk to us about what is it exactly for those that don't know. I mean, it's, it's out here in Tampa. It's the spot to go to for any type of lineman that wants to get work. But what is the Trench Academy? What is something you guys specialize on? Yeah, so, you know, that's actually the, the thing that started the Trench Academy was um, – you know, when we first came down here, you know, me being a former, you know, professional defensive lineman, um, I linked up with uh, uh, a guy named uh, Anthony Davis and started working with, who was working with some offensive linemen. And, you know, we really had this big passion for, um, you know, training, training people in the trench, right? Really training them on the line and how to do things technically the right way. Um, I moved down here to Tampa about eight years ago. And one thing I found was I was like, man, it was, the talent pool was just unbelievable. You know, uh, I've been all around the country, you know, play ball everywhere, and I've worked with athletes all across the country. And the talent pool, you know, from Hillsborough all the way down to Dade County is just unbelievable. And, um, you know, and so the one thing is I noticed, too, is that there was a lot of really good-looking linemen. And, you know, so I started getting to know them. I started getting to know the high school coaches. I started getting to know, you know, some of their parents. And the reality is, is I mean, a lot of coaches um, – you know, really, you know, just don't understand all the nuances of, of playing on the line, you know, playing on the offense line, the defense line. A lot of guys are out there, I always say a lot of guys out there playing checkers and, you know, we're going to teach them how to play chess. You know, there's a lot of, of, of technique, strategy, and, of course, opponent diagnosis that goes into it. And, you know, me, in order for me to be a good football player through my entire career, I had to be a student of the game. I, I always knew it was like I wasn't the most talented. I wasn't the biggest. I wasn't the fastest, but in order for me to be good, I had to know the game better than everyone else. So, um, you know, really I was like, you know, I remember thinking, you know, when I was in my you know second or third year in the pros, I had a really good defensive line coach and Mike Sinclair. Um, hopefully going to be like a Hall of Famer one day. I know he's on the um, the um, uh, all-decade team and he's in the uh, the Seattle Seahawks Hall of Fame. I think he led the league in sacks three years. But he was, uh, he was my coach there. And, I mean, I'll never forget some of the stuff he taught me. He taught me the art form of pass rush. And, you know, this was after I'd already played, you know, a couple years in the pros and, you know, an entire, you know, four-year college career. And I realized 
at that point, wow, I don't, I don't know defensive line at all. Like, I mean, with how in depth he was going into it. And I just remember thinking, man, what if I would have been armed with this knowledge when I was in college? What if I would have been armed with this knowledge and this ability when I was in high school? You know, and that's really what formulated the entire process. Um, and that was, that was about six years ago. We started that process with it. Um, and in the entire time that we've done it, we've had over 220 kids now signed Division One scholarships from the greater Tampa area, which we're incredibly proud of. This is one of the top leaders in the country in developing um, collegiate athletes. But um, now it's, it's a lot more than just linemen. It's grown into we literally have position coaches for all positions. We do skill work. We have, you know, weight training, speed training, agility training. We have an entire, uh, we have a half a million dollar uh, rehab and recovery center where these kids get cryotherapy, infrared sauna, Phoenix stair laser, normal set compression treatment, chiropractic care, ART, physical therapy, all this stuff is a part of the program. So literally, you can come in here as a 13-year-old kid and you're going to get all the resources that you would have if you were a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. That's amazing, man. And that's, so, you know, as you know, like a lot of these academies, they focus on specialists. So to hear that for, for the, we call me and George, we like to call them the big skill. We don't even call them, we we don't even call O-line or D-line or lineman. We call them the big skill guys. So to have a facility like that, man, that's amazing at 13 years. At 13 years, all I had was a tire, man. So that's, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Had a tire and, and, and a sledgehammer and had that old school coach with the dip in his mouth telling you just hit it as hard as you can. You know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely. Well, that's the that's where the line has been taught for years, right? Oh, right. uh, you know, big people beat up little people. So let's just do that, you know. <laughs> and and I'll tell you, the one thing is too that we really do want to dynamic dynamic with, and this is actually what has really built our reputation, not just in the high school arena, but really in the NFL combine prep arena, as well as with all the NFL players. Is we absolutely believe that offensive linemen, defensive linemen, are big athletes. You need to look like a big athlete. You need to feel like a big athlete. You need to perform like a big athlete. Being an offensive lineman, this is the number one advice I give to like a mom and dad of like a nine or 10 year old kid. Like being pre diabetic is not okay for an offensive lineman, right? The idea that like, oh, because I'm an offensive guard, now I have the license to eat whatever I want and be fat. That's, that's something that we literally take offense to in the trench. And so, we have a very integral uh, nutrition and diet plan that we get all these kids on. We help them with their supplement protocol. We have our own supplements that we set these guys up with within the package. Once again, it's all part of the program. And we completely change and develop these guys' bodies. We might have a kid come in, you know, that's 6'6", 260, but he's 6'6", 260 and probably 23% body fat. And he'll literally leave 6'6", 285 at 14% body fat. And, you know, we completely change – uh, honestly, even almost their, their, their genetic makeup with the way their body, their metabolism even works. Um, just, and we teach them all the science of it. And I think that's what really makes this whole process a lifestyle, not just like an academy or a camp or a program. It's a lifestyle that these kids get embedded into that hopefully, even once their plan days are gone, they're still living by. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, talk a little bit about, I know, you know, when you think about an, an academy, it, it's at anybody can sign up, anybody can go in, anybody can do the work. You guys have a very rigorous yep. process to even admit an athlete into the program. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, our thing is this, is we will train, we, we will train anybody. I don't care if you're a, a third stringer or a five-star. We will take anyone in. 
but that does not mean this program is for everybody. And we're upfront about that. Um, we, this is for only for people and athletes that are the most dedicated. Um, you know, I always say this process is not for the kid that's trying to figure out what he wants to do with himself. This is the process for the kid that knows exactly what he wants and he's willing to do anything it takes to get there. And, you know, and he's willing to make that sacrifice and, and, and have that dedication. You know, our mission statement in the trench is to instill an idea of discipline and dedication that leads to success in all aspects of life. It actually doesn't have anything to do with football. It's just teaching these kids wow. to be more disciplined and more dedicated to their craft. And if they can apply that to their schoolwork, to their relationships, um, to their job one day when they get a job, they will be successful. And that's what we want to be able to have that attitude. But, yeah, as far as the process goes, um, yeah, you're not allowed to buy a church membership. You can't go online and purchase it. Um, you can't come in the facility and pick it up like you would anything else. Um, you literally sign up for a 10-session process, which is a ramp-up protocol, where you get 10 sessions with a one-on-one -on -one coach. That one-on-one -on -one coach has a very specific protocol that he's going to follow with these guys to make sure that they're checking every box by the end of those 10 sessions, and then they can graduate. And then once they graduate, by meeting all the requirements that we put in front of them and checking every box and basically passing the test at the end of the ramp-up process, then they're allowed to go into the group and become a trench member. That's amazing, man. I, I'm not, I love that. I really do. And then mm -hmm. teaching them to be ambassadors to the community, that's, that's, what, that's yeah. awesome. Because you – for us, you know, that's what we got into coaching for when we were younger, right? So we, when, when we started doing coaching, especially myself, I wanted to make sure I coached kids that were going to be able to be a leader in the community, be better, you know, be good fathers, be good brothers, and, and do good in school. Because I'm more interested in the kid that's, you know, 25, 26, 27, that knows right from wrong, he's, he's on the right path, and then he remembers this. We talk to kids all the time, uh, Taylor, man, we talk to kids all the time that we coached when they were nine years old, and now they're D1 prospects playing in college football. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I remember when you couldn't even put your pants on. I remember when you cried that you right. didn't have enough peaches or <laughs> snacks in the group. You know what I mean? So right. it's great to, that, yeah. you're, that you're building that now for these kids so they know, what. okay, this is what tough work is. And then when they go into the business world, they're like, man, this ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the Trench Academy. I know what, I know what, I know what hard yeah. work really is. So that's really good, man. Well, and the, and the coolest process, um, we, you know, we obviously, we communicate with our parents and our players all the time. And, you know, we actually ran a parent survey just a few months ago. And, you know, we're like, one of, the, one of the questions on there was, what was the first two things that you saw out of your son um, after he had been in this program for his first 90 days? And, of course, I'm thinking from a coaching standpoint, you know, his speed, his technique, pad level, like, you know, his aggression, whatever it might be. And literally the, the number, the two top answers to that question were increased dedication and, um, or excuse me, increased discipline and a drastic increase of confidence. And I'm like, man, what two better attributes could you give to any athlete at any point in their career than just making them more disciplined and making them more confident? Because, you know, a lot of people wonder, like, oh, I want to get my, you know, I just feel like he's not playing with confidence. He's not playing with this. You know, he doesn't have that swag. And I'm like, it's probably because he doesn't know what to do. You know, he's, he's confused. Right. You know, um, and, you, and you guys have been coaches long enough to know, like, one thing I get tired of seeing is, like, these coaches rip into these kids about not giving effort. You know, it's like, oh, man, they're just not running the ball. They're not coming off the ball hard. They're not playing aggressive. They're not giving me any effort. I can't coach a kid like that. And a lot of times my question is this. Like, well, you're a football coach. I was like, would it be fair for me to hire you on as my accountant? And then all of a sudden in two, in two weeks, fire you because 
you weren't doing your job well because I feel like you weren't working hard. No, you're not doing your job well because you don't know what to do. I was right. like, it's very, it's very difficult for a kid to go full speed when he doesn't understand the expectations or the route to get there. You know right. what I mean? So yeah, and that, he doesn't know what it looks like. He, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sir. Yeah. It doesn't. He doesn't know what no. it looks like. He doesn't know what it's what it's mm-hmm. what's supposed to be like. That coach is supposed to show him what full speed really looks like. You know, whether you got to get down absolutely. in the trench yourself or you got you got to find yep. a way to communicate to that child because you're absolutely right. You tell a guy I, I I'm a receiver coach and what's funny <laughs> is you hear you you know I've been to all these coaches clinics and you've been to camps and stuff and you hear him like, "Hey man, get off the line." Yeah, I know. Like, duh, he needs yep. to teach yep. him, coach. He doesn't know how to get off the line. He doesn't yep. know the releases. He doesn't know how to come to balance. He yep. needs to know that stuff. So, I agree with you, man. I love yep. what you're doing over there, bro. Well, a lot of times too, like I even think about like the youth football, you know, one time, one time I see a lot of the, you know, you know, offense, I'm sure, you know, you guys have seen this as well when you're working with offensive linemen, but like when you're trying to teach these old linemen how to pull or how to down block, right. Or how to, or how to block out or do anything like that, you know, or cross block or anything like that. When you're trying to get these guys to move laterally out of their stance and then some of these kids can't and they think, Oh man, these kids are just unathletic. I don't have any athletes out here. I need athletes. And then I'm like, well, actually, look at their stance. They got way too much weight on their hand. I was like, if they got that much weight on their hand, the first step is going to be forward every time. You can't take a lateral step. Fix their stance. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of times, like, just those little nuances, and that's, that's you know, obviously a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty obvious one. But, like, you wouldn't believe how many times I've seen, you know, offensive linemen, you know, in high school and, honestly, even in college, that, you know, have a problem moving laterally because they are just got way too much weight moving forward. And, you know, it's like we got to understand that balance, that balance play and always find that athletic position. That and also kids work on their flexibility. A, a lot of yeah. a lot of O-line, D-line play has to do with the ability of you being able to flex your ankles, your hips. And if you don't work yeah. on that flexibility, you can't do any of that stuff. Yeah. You're going to be stiff as a board, no matter how fast you are, no matter how big you are. You're going to be stiff as a board yeah. if you don't have flexibility. But flexibility is something that's developed. Not something that yeah. is naturally that you naturally have, especially as, as as a young athlete growing up. Now, I know one of the biggest yeah. things you guys pride yourself on, amongst all the other accomplishments and you know all the kids you guys have put in the draft and D one scholarships, mm-hmm. being your injury prevention. Talk yeah. to about your injury well, prevention I mean, and re- and really the work you guys are doing there to keep these kids healthy when they're playing as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's a that's a huge key to it. You know the 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 most important attribute that any athlete can have is not speed, power, explosiveness, strength. It's durability, right? If you're not, a, if you're an athlete that's not available, even if you're the best athlete out there, but if your availability isn't there, you're not going to last very long uh, on your team, right? You can't contribute. And, um, you know, one thing I tell these high school kids, I was like, one of the serious parts of high school is there is no red shirt, right? So if you have these nagging injuries that become, you know, game-ending injuries or season-ending injuries, um, you're not getting those games back. You're never getting that film back. You're missing the opportunity to get in front of scouts and put it on tape. And so we take a ton of pride into our um, our injury prevention protocol. Number one, you had just mentioned it, mobility and flexibility, right? Enormous. So year-round, our guys do yoga twice a week. It's a part of the program. It's mandatory, right? So year-round, they're doing yoga twice a week in the trench. And we're always working on, like I said, not just flexibility, but mobility, which is the ability to actually get to a given range of motion by continuing to put it, produce power into the floor, which there's nothing more important than that for an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, right? So um, we take a huge part of that, but then um, really what we do with the injury prevention pro- uh, process is 
we're about to go in-season. And I'll just kind of give you a quick rundown of what the in-season protocol looks like. So the in-season protocol would be, let's say if you're a varsity player, obviously your time is going to be limited throughout the week. So we bring everybody in on Thursday nights, right after the walkthrough. They'll come in on Thursdays. They're going to get cryotherapy. They're going to get infrared sauna. They're going to get Normatec compression treatment. They're going to get Phoenix Stair Laser. They're going to get PNF stretch. They're going to get ART work. They can actually get chiropractic adjustment as well. And then we have our full-on staff physical therapists where if there's, there's ailments bothering these guys, they can communicate that with our PTs, and our PTs will literally work on that specific area, and then we always finish them off with an ice bath, right? But the idea is, is that when we go to play Friday night's games, we can't be feeling Wednesday's practice, right? And then when we go to Monday's practice next week, we can't be feeling Friday night's game. So we have the full tr- pre, what we call prehab, right? We do full prehab treatment on Thursday nights before the Friday game. They'll come in on Saturday afternoons. We'll do a full body, uh, in season style lift. We're going to, we'll, we'll watch film with all of our athletes and then they'll do rehab again. And then we do the, and then they, uh, do the exact same process, um, on Sundays and on Saturdays and Sundays in the rehab is where we also install that yoga. So they'll be doing yoga on those days as well. But our biggest thing I can tell you last year, I had over 90 kids in the in season program. And we didn't have a single kid with a seasoning injury. So, I mean, wow. our, the, the, the ability of us being able to keep these guys healthy and on the field, it's the most important thing. I mean, you got to think about how, much, how hard they've been working eight, nine months out of the year getting ready for the season. It's a shame that that season's gone because it's something that we could have prevented. I agree. And, you know, just so you, I'm, I'm going to ask for George and myself, do you have any, like, 38-year-old in-season workouts <laughs> That sounds, <laughs> it just sounds amazing, everything you're saying, man, because, like, the recovery is so important, man. And I'm, I'm sitting here looking at George, and I'm thinking to myself, well, shoot, I might have to get into this crowd, Jenner. Like, I got to get some I got to get some recovery from my four kids and getting beat up in Nerf, uh, uh, Nerf fights and stuff at night. You know, it's actually, it's actually cool you mentioned that because of the fact that in September, we are going to launch kind of like, obviously, once the football season starts up, we, you know, always kind of take on new projects, but. One of the new projects we're going to launch, we're going to launch the first ever trench training camp for adults. And it's going to be this eight-week process where adults come in. We're going to teach them how to tra- train the right way. Um, we're going to lift them. We're going to lift and, and condition three days a week. They're going to get all the injury prevention protocols just like the athletes do. They're going to get a complete diet plan, nutrition, and supplements. It's all going to be included. So it's going to be like almost like this, this eight-week investment in yourself to really, you know, spike your body to, to get into the, the shape you want to be in. But the cool part is you also learn how to do it the right way, you know, and how to take care of your body as you're doing that. I think that's probably most adults, that's probably the most um, discouraging part to it is when they get really motivated to go in there and train hard and they do work hard, but they don't understand, you know, when to push and when to pull back and they end up getting themselves hurt. And, and that's, that's really discouraging for a lot of people when they, when they first start out. I totally agree with you because uh, just so you and you, you talk about injury, uh, a couple podcasts ago I told George, you know, we so I've been trying to get. I spent 15 years in the military. I, you know, I, I'm got disability and I, you know I'm trying to fix everything that was broken out of those 15 years. Yeah. So me, I was telling George I've been getting back in the gym trying to work out. and I got some stuff here at home. You know, with COVID happening, yeah. you, you never know when the gym's gonna be open. So I have an ab roller that I was using, man. And you're gonna yeah. Taylor. It's embarrassing because I see your physique, and you're gonna look. You're gonna laugh when you hear this, man. I used that damn ab roller and <laughs> fell on my face, man. I tried to roll out, 
And I smacked the yep. ground so hard. My wife came in there and was like, what happened? Are you okay? Yep. I'm like, no, my beard's <laughs> covered in concrete dust and stuff. She's like, what did you do? I'm like, I'm working out, leave it alone. <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to prevent injury as well, man. Uh, one question I wanted to ask you though, when you were doing, when you said you watch film with the kids, what type of film are you watching? Are you watching their film? Are you watching a film? Or are you just going over, you know, some good pointers for them to, to take with them? So we actually kind of have like a little bit of a montage that we put together. So what we do is we take, for each athlete, we'll take like, you know, obviously we break up film sessions by positions, right? So all the offense linemen together, all the D linemen together, DBs together, wide receivers together, linebackers together, right? They have these different film sessions set up. But what I'll typically do is we'll, we'll take like three cuts from Friday night's game from each player of good reps and then bad reps. And so literally we're going to watch everyone's good and we're going to watch everyone's bad. And one of the biggest things that we always preach in film is, you know, when I'm coaching one of you, I'm coaching all of you, right? Yeah. So, you know, if I'm coaching this guy on one mistake, I guarantee you, you make the same mistake as well. So you need to listen up and focus in. So we'll, t we'll do that. We'll watch all the stuff from them. And then what we'll do is I, like personally, like what I do with my defense linemen, because that's, that's what I spend all my, my personal time with. It's the D lineman and outside linebackers because I, I predominantly spend a ton of my time focusing on, you know, run fits, getting off blocks, and pass rush. And um, what I'll also do is I'll take literally cut up of every single NFL sack from the week before. And I'm gonna, we're going to break down every single sack that was in the NFL from the week before and like what, what the guys did, what the move was, how they set the move up. Move up how that pertains to the same coaching that I coach these guys on. And I think that's probably one of the coolest parts for them because they get to see, man, if you actually execute this technique the right way, it really does work at all levels. And, you know, that's the, that's the, the coolest part. So we kind of break that down. We also, you know, it's pretty cool whenever they're able to watch, you know, these NFL athletes and once again be able to actually diagnose a, a, an offensive lineman's stance. Like, hey, because he's in this stance, he's going to get us this kind of set. And it's like, that's yeah, pretty good, man. You're breaking that guy down. He plays the Ravens. Like, you're learning how to become a student of the game. You're learning how to, learn how to study film. Because as you guys know, when these kids do go to the next level and play in college and maybe one day playing the pros, they're going to spend most of their time, 80% of their time is going to be spent in the film room. And they got to learn how to study. I totally agree with you, man. That's good stuff. I mean, that's, that's just something that somebody's not bringing to the game, and that's, that's wonderful for these kids. Because like you said, they're going to learn this in high school, take it to them with college. Yep. Uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, so, Taylor, if you don't mind, uh, we have a section in the show, man, that we do every every week, man, with interviewers, and we love to do it because it, it's, it's, it puts them in an awkward situation. We have a little section called This yeah. and That, man, that we want to play with you, man. So on This and That, man, it's just a series of questions that George is going to ask you, uh, and trust me, you can wrap them off real quick. <laughs> I'm going to sit back and crack some jokes and, and listen to your answers, man. All right. All right, so this first one here, I'm gonna put you. I'm gonna put you in an early pickle. Okay. Favorite defensive lineman, Reggie, Wayne, or Bruce Smith? Reggie White. Reggie White. Reggie White. My apologies. Reggie, Reggie White or Bruce Smith. Take it back, old school. Reggie White. Reggie White. What, what's, no what, what about, yeah, about for real? Because what about Reggie White? Did you really love? Because Bruce Smith and not another Hall of Famer is right. Reggie White was amazing to watch too, man. Yeah, Reggie White had the most unbelievable hump move. I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen a guy in the NFL make people look like their children. And that's what he did. I loved it. I loved it. Most vicious hump move of all time. Reggie White. All right. Now I'm going to take you new era 
Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt? Aaron Donald. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, like you, I like them both. I like them both. But what, what Aaron Donald's doing, I mean, when you got guys like Mike Singletary literally saying he's the best defensive player he's ever seen, that's coming from Mike Singletary, I'm like, I respect that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Especially when you know what Mike used to do in his career. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got All right, so – Go ahead, go ahead. You oh, got it. I just got a crazy one for you, Coach. So uh, nothing, yeah. nothing to it. I know you're you're a fit guy. I know you're 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 muscled, and I, I see your picture, man, and it's it's kind of intimidating. But uh, um, <laughs> I, so my question to you is: Are you a breakfast guy? Waffles or pancakes? Waffles. <sighs> I told you. I knew. Yeah. I had a bet going yeah. with George. I had a bet going with George that you eat waffles, not pancakes. And he's like, "How do you know that? He looks like a waffle guy." <laughs> yeah. Waffles, uh, this waffles next are great because you can you literally you can just take them in your car with you and eat them like you know a pop tart or something like that. You get those protein waffles, throw them in a bag, just eat them throughout the day. Awesome. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> this next one here: if you can sit down with any person or player and have dinner with them, who would it be and why? Oh, um, any person or player. Um, you know, probably Kevin Green. Uh, he was my hero growing up. I loved everything about Kevin Green. Kind of crazy guy. You know, basically look at it and you're like, man, he's a football player, but he's a meathead at heart. Uh, you know, he, he played, what, I think 13 years in the league. I think he's still in the top five all-time sack leaders. And then he went and did, you know, pro wrestling for years after that. And I remember I met him when I was about six years old. And he was just like my idol. And I was like, man, and he's just got a crazy story. And that guy knows, obviously, he was, the, you know, Clay Matthews, um, you know, outside linebacker coach at Green Bay when Clay was, you know, basically put his, put his name on the map. Right. And that guy knows pass rush in and out. Like, I mean, it's just incredible. I follow a lot of his stuff. Been to a couple of clinics where he's been there. I've spoken at some clinics where he's been at. And, um, yeah, unbelievable guy. Definitely would love to have a few hours with him. Yeah, when he when he was playing for the Steelers, you know, you had to know where number ninety one was at at all times on the field. And I remember, I know yeah. gonna, I'm showing my age here, but I'm when I was a freaking kid, I'm I'm listening to the NFL films of how how intense he was on the field, man. You know that that the passion oh, yeah, it was just, it was fun for him. He loved playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and the, and this last one I got for you here, we need you to settle a debate. I'm hoping you go <laughs> one way. <laughs> Raul right. was probably betting you go the other here. Favorite or actually the goat for you is it Manny or is it Brady? Man, I'm a I'm a big Peyton fan. I love Peyton. But I mean, it's got to be Tom Brady. Got to oh, be. Got to be. Yes. Got to be. I mean, I love I love I love Peyton. I love him. Actually, I run the Manny Passing Academy every year. So I go down it every year around that big academy. He does at Nickel State, and uh, awesome dude. Runs an awesome camp. Godly, I mean, you can't take yeah, what Tom Brady has done is ridiculous. I think it's, I think it's a, a one, once, once in a generation. I agree with you. I, I agree. Tom Brady is, and I was telling George, Tom Brady is the goat. He's great, but for me now, I told him, said, now that you're in Tampa, if you don't win mm-hmm. a Super Bowl, now we start the question: Was it Belichick or Brady? And I told him it kind right. of puts a chink in the armor and doesn't take away that he's the goat. But it takes a chink, and if he yeah. does it long enough, if he does like three years without going, not even reaching the Super Bowl, not even get there, barely gets playoffs or something, now you, I told him, said, you're going to hear people start moving Peyton Manning into that category. Well, well, he did it with two different teams, so it was Peyton, not the Colts. 
So I, I, that's why George that's has true. these questions, that's, man. That's true. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Um, you know, it's funny. Actually, a ton of the Bucks players uh, train here in the trench. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, I'm excited to watch them because I've never seen a group of individuals this motivated. I mean, these guys are on fire right now. I mean, they come in every day. All we, I was training the Bucks guys. I probably have about 12 or, or 12 or 13 of them that train with me really consistently. And I got to tell you, man, like, you're, I mean, these guys are locked in, focused, during COVID, never missed a day. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, completely locked in. So, um, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. They, they, they're, they're an extremely motivated group right now. You completely made George's day. He's a oh, super, yes. he's a super <laughs> Bucks fan. I I, I, I I joke with him all the time. I know he's got a Bucks tattoo somewhere, and I know he's going to tattoo. Mm-hmm. When they win the Super Bowl, he's going to tattoo that on himself as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Um, and he's jumping up and down like a little kid. He's like he's probably going to think of scheduling a day to come in and before September and just <laughs> come talk to the Bucks players, man, because he loves the Bucks, man. But I appreciate you uh, yeah. uh, doing this and that with us, man. So I know you're a busy man, sir. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I, I, like I said, you got so much going on, and I love the Trench Academy, man. I told George I'm a huge fan of what's going on over there, man. So if you don't mind, man, let the people know where they can find you, where they can call you at or, or hit you up if they want to try to join and, and take that mission on. No, I mean, if they want to go to uh, www.thetrenchacademy.com, they can see everything we're doing online. I think probably where most people find us is through Facebook and Instagram, which is just at the Trench Academy. Um, you can see a lot of really cool videos. You can see some great educational videos. I always say if you're a if you're a football player, you know, trying to get better, you can literally just follow us on Instagram and learn so much just from the content we're putting out there. And then obviously we're at our facility off of Hillsborough at three two five one West Hillsborough Avenue. We are actually in the powerhouse location. So powerhouse and I, you know, share a big sixty thousand square foot train facility. It's unlike anything else around. So it's it's incredible. It is, man. And everybody's gotta go check it out, man. So I, I really appreciate you step uh coming on here and talking with us, man. Enjoy yourself. Take care of you and your family, bro, and take care of those three boys, man. Hey, you too as well. Thank you again, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, on the clock fans, that's another good one for you guys. Uh I really, really want to give a shout out to Chris Oladokin and Taylor Scott from Trench Academy for joining the show. Uh, if you guys do me a favor, make sure you're 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 watching these two, uh, this young man Chris Oladokin at Stanford University. When I tell you work ethic, everything you want in a football player, he has, and, and that special relationship between Coach George and and himself is is something something beautiful, something that you you this is why you coach. You know what I mean? And, and Trench Academy's got something major going on over there, man. I'm, I w- I think I'm gonna have to sign up for that that adult. Uh, Trench Academy and see if I'm worthy to even finish out the eight weeks. You might kick me out week two, tell me to just move on. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm, I'm, thank you so much for joining the show and can't wait to have you guys back on, man. Yeah, it was definitely a great time. Chris Ladokin, man, I love you. Ball out of Sanford. Can't wait to see you get drafted here soon in the next year or so, man. So shout out to you guys and thank you for joining the show. Thank you, Taylor Scott, for also joining us from the Trench Academy. If you like today's show, go ahead and hit follow. You can find us on IG and Twitter by simply searching on the clock radio. You can send us an email on the clock 20 at gmail.com until next time you're on the clock.